Hello. Welcome to the show. It is Brian. Of course, I'm here all the time. And my co-host this week is somebody I haven't done audio with in like at least a year. Maybe, maybe longer. Actually, the last be. time it might be longer. <laughs> yeah, it's Matt Chrisman. He's here with me. I've missed him. Uh, the last time we did something was the Woodstock '99 episode of uh, Chapo. Oh, that's right. Yes. You know, there's another Woodstock '99 documentary. I watched on it. I watched watch that it. one. Yeah, it bugs me to watch these now. I think I know how people feel that were part of historic events seeing it described later on you know what I mean? because yeah. it feels so weird to watch these these fucking things and being like oh uh uh it was a very dark vibe it felt <laughs> like it's all these people talking about like the dark vibes like it was like like pre 9 11 9 11 or something <laughs> and when i watch it i'm like that's not nobody uh -uh. Nobody thought that. <laughs> like nobody that was there was like, "This is a This is really satanic." I think this is really dark. What's happening? <laughs> you weren't you weren't feeling that when you were there. Fuck! I didn't know about any of the. I mean, you know, I didn't. I'm like not a guy that goes out of my way to like hang out with people. So like, I basically only talk to the guys I came with. Right. I don't remember having a conversation with anybody else. So maybe not, but I also felt like, you know, I I've said this before. The only thing I saw that made me feel fucking insane was the people playing in shit on the, uh, uh shit and piss on. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. That seems horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking weird, man, <laughs> because it had to smell and that's the, that stuck with me. Yeah, that smell that, that would stop people. Be like, oh nope, not gonna, not gonna do this. This smells like shit, dude. I'll tell you, man. I was, I, I was uh, uh, watching these these women dancing in the mud and like rubbing it. They were covered head to toe in mud, Eey. and like a foot away from them, two guys were pissing in the same mud. And it was just like, what are you people fucking doing? This is shit, everybody. That's why I left before the riot. Yeah. Because it smelled back there and it fucking sucked. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was so early on in festivals. Like, I've gone to festivals since then. And, and, and you know, uh, innovation uh, has made them, I mean, more annoying because you can't use cash at a lot of them. So uh -huh. you put oh, on yeah, a... Really? Yeah, you put on a wristband and you just go up and you put the wristbands hooked up to your bank card. Ah. And you just go up and like put it on like a QR code or whatever like that. And like uh you just spend so much more money. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the idea. You don't even know what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah. I spent I think I went to I went to Austin City Limits in like twenty nineteen. And, uh, you know, my daughter had a wristband, my wife had a wristband, and I had a wristband. And when we got out on the other end, uh, I definitely spent more than $500 on food. Hachi machi. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, so how are you doing, man? How's everything going? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to talk to you again. I got some crazy... So 
some things we've been focusing on, I'd been focusing on for the past year or two is uh, uh, this guy, Jim, is Jim Brewer. I don't know if you. Uh, oh, I'm uh, aware. The go boy. <laughs> yeah. And, but the other thing I've, the other person I've been watching is JP Sears. Do you know him? That guy? No, I'm not familiar. So JP Sears started out as a guy that was doing um, like fake wellness videos to make fun of like, you know, to make fun of the like, the like uh, wellness people. Like he would, I don't know, he would make something talking about the healing properties of avocados right? just to, to, to make fun of them or like stuff like that. Well, once COVID happened, about three weeks or three months into COVID, he became like a right wing guy. Still, he, I he really didn't have any politics before this. Yeah, he just well, COVID did that to a lot of people, right? But people, people started being like, "Oh, uh, all my old coping mechanisms aren't working anymore. I got to find some new ones." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's this guy that's like. I don't know. He he is very anti-vax. He is very anti-mask. Uh, which I mean, I know that. I mean, I have relatives that are that, you know, mm-hmm. but they don't have like this huge platform, and they don't have the smugness <laughs> of Jim Brewer and JP Sears. <laughs> that is the funny thing, because their whole deal and and part of what does fuel that attitude is is the imperial uh smugness of of you know like the liberal do-gooders who are like uh wear a freaking mask okay be a good person like me but then they just absolutely replicate it but from a position of this complete reactionary uh 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 ignorance which is somehow even more annoying i've been thinking about this like for for since yesterday it's just something that like I have been trying to figure out what, because I follow so many of these right wing guys. You know, there's Man Cow, who is another guy that does this stuff that I'm intimately aware of. I see every single video he does. And the thing that is interesting to me is that, I mean, they think everything's a distraction. So it, it makes me wonder what is not a, like, is there anything that's not a distraction? Because COVID is real, but like, it's not, I don't feel like, I feel like after the first like six months, it wasn't like the main news all the time. There were like other news things, but like now, I mean, they're saying that the queen dying is a distraction, which it's like, I mean, maybe, but the, the queen is the queen dead. Is <laughs> Well, the thing is, though, what's interesting about the, the distraction thing is that that is not uh, really partisan. There's plenty of leftists. The liberals love talking. Under Trump, remember how how every news story, uh, there would be 5 million MSNBC poison freaks yelling, don't bet, get distracted. Yeah. Don't let them yeah. distract you. Like that, yeah. what, it, what it is, is it's just being an internet poisoned freak uh, because y- you are being 
just washed in this fire hose of information. And even though, you know, you could choose to look away from it for a minute and, you know, care about anything else, you're basically transfixed by it. And you know that. So you have this like voice in your head saying, no, 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 uh, we're, we're, we're missing the forest for the trees here. And it's like, yeah, of course you are. Of course we are. Like we're, we're, we're getting nothing that we need to know about what's happening to us. Uh, and, but all you can do is, is plaintively call out distractions. I don't know, with the hope that if enough people hear you and like stop paying attention to those things, the real thing will just rise up out of the ocean or something and then we'll all be able to see it. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about, I never think about the like liberal side of this because I see this as a, I, I guess until you said this, I sort of see this as a, a, a kind of, concert a certain type of conservative that alex jones would be something that they're into but also you know just like a regular ass conservative that turned like anti-vax because of covid or whatever like i i it's it's weird because it's like you're able to shut off the part of your brain that says so if everybody's being brainwashed how did i not get brainwashed because <laughs> like, i'm better than everyone else that's the use yes. of politics as as personal identity and brand it's to sell to yourself first of all uh and then to whoever will listen your own status as as is just superior better than other people because right. yeah what like nobody really believes that they're going to be able to change anything but they can at least change their own self-perception and the way other people view them. If they are always calling out the distractions, always calling out the psyops, uh, then they are at the very least advertising themselves as some yeah higher, more evolved uh, media consumer. Right, and I, but I, I mean, I think that well, obviously there are psyops happening. That's like something that happens, but the way people, I think what what really hit me about that was like uh you know uh i've known you guys you and matt and uh or you and will and felix i've known you guys for for a very fucking long time i think you know we started talking online in like 2010 and uh when you know when your show hit and when our show started to make money i saw people saying that we were psyops uh, oh uh, yeah <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't think that's true. I've like actually <laughs> met these guys and been in person with them. And I'm not a psyop. I don't fucking have any idea why you would think I am or where you think I'm moving anything. I mean, if, if, if you only, if politics can, is only a, your, uh, your feed, then like the only political actors are people on that feed. So if they're doing something you don't like, then it has to be for somebody's machinations. And yeah, like it's totally broken containment from the right. Like uh, leftists obviously love to talk about who's the CIA agent and everything. But as I said, the liberals have, have they, they, they can't make it anything in America because American institutions are fundamentally good. So they've invented a, a Russia capable of doing all the stuff that, <laughs> Because, and I got to say, the liberals who, who claim who have the most strident claim to being uh, based in reality, their uh, theory of psyops is the most absurd. Because 
you know, we know what the CIA is capable of. Theoretically, they could be, be behind our shows. Who knows? You know, they could do that. They have the capacity, at least. Fucking Russia does not have the ability to do that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it, it, it involved, it, like, that thought really makes you, because, like, I always play this stuff out in my mind when somebody says something like this where I'm like, so a Russian agent came to me in 2010 and said, you're going to make a podcast. And it's going to make people not vote for Obama. We were getting yelled at for not voting for Obama at that oh, time. Yeah. That was the thing. And it's like, you're going to tell people on your podcast, because you know we launched in 2011, you're going to tell people on your podcast that probably has 200 listeners <laughs> that uh, they, they, it's pointless to vote for Obama so that we can get you know, uh, uh, fuck Romney in or John McCain. I always forget which order they did that. <laughs> McCain <laughs> Romney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can get, you know, Mitt Romney in, which is wild when I think about like Mitt Romney was a candidate for the Republicans. Like that seems a guy like that seems impossible for them now. Like might as well give up. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. you need a psycho if you like they need a psycho every time. And it's getting to the point where the liberals need a psycho, too. Like, oh, no, everyone, everyone needs a psycho. And the liberals <laughs> I, are, are the most screwed because they think they don't. They, they have not yet accepted the reality that that the um, terrain is different now and that that traditional Democratic politicians aren't going to cut the mustard. Right, I think the Rock is the liberal hope. I but really not for the Democrats. Like, I mean, he's apparently taken meetings with uh, the third way people. No, and, <laughs> and like, and it's easy to make fun of third way because their their basic explicit thing is we would like Demo the Democratic Party uh, policies and agenda and everything, but without the Democratic Party's cultural trappings and which does recognize a real problem, which is that the Democratic, hate to use the word, but it's the only one that applies, brand is dog shit. Uh, and the problem, though, is that who else is on the no-labels tip? Uh, like, you know, the, these, these people who are just fossilized politicians. You need somebody who isn't that. Uh, so I think them co cozying up to the rock is like the first smart thing I've seen them do because uh, like I, the way out of this like ratcheting hysteria and and uh, uh like bid raising of republican uh hostility to all of these institutions that are necessary to keep the u.s uh going uh is not the democrats figuring out how to effectively combat that good luck it's some uh uh technocratic dictatorship with the face of a beloved celebrity like the rock or matthew mcconaughey <laughs> the the rock is the one that like i just think he's going to be the president i feel like we live in a world where i don't know I, like i maybe because people always pin people without kids pin their hopes on young people for yeah. making everything different and changing. Yes, the, the kids are going to save us, yeah. 
Yeah. And I have a, a, a 17 year old kid. Um, and I don't think that's true. Actually, <laughs> like, I, no, the kids I, are not any, how, how can people who have lived their entire life in the internet going to be capable of any action to change anything? Because the whole nature of mediated internet reality is that re that, that such a, uh, distinction doesn't exist. That that pseudo action is the only recognized action. Yeah, yeah, and like so, my kid is pretty active in stuff too. Yeah, I just I also hear her. She also tells me stories about the other kids she goes to. School. Oh God, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, you start hearing like what the boys are doing. I mean, my daughter lives in. We live in like kind of a a what you would call. It's like a liberal neighbor. It's very liberal neighborhood. Like a lot of the parents are white guys with dreadlocks and stuff like that. It's just all the libs. Every type of lib that you could possibly have lives here. And like the way she makes it sound is like the boys at her school are almost exclusively Trump guys. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, they have rich parents or whatever, maybe, but like it just, it flies against everything that i see online about the zoomers because people follow tiktoks of very smart and and you know active and aware people but like i grew up I, like i grew up and everybody around me was pretty fucking liberal maybe not left but you know none of us wanted to like not their racism was like really frowned upon and like a lot of stuff like that like like people teenagers and and kids tend to maybe have politics that they think impress adults uh -huh. or or they have like i mean they're gonna have like more left liberal stuff but like all those people i went to high school with all of them are fucking like conservatives now yeah well because <laughs> it's a cultural because it's a it's a culture war and the, and the thing is you don't get people think especially on the left people think that you pick your side in the culture war due to some innate virtue in you. But that's not the case. Your side in the culture war is largely demographically determined for you. Now, that doesn't mean that an individual person is like uh, demographically determined, but when you step back and look at populations, you know, divided by into demographic groups, which is how we are uh, addressed by culture and how we understand ourselves, as members of consumer niches, uh, uh, with that framework, uh, you don't really have a lot of choice. Like, for example, if you're—I don't want to like—if you're—if you're like a young white guy, uh, like the the cultural language of uh, the left that you encounter is just basically a story about how you are the villain of history. And I know that like that is true historically or whatever, it's <laughs> necessary, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're talking about literal children. They're not going to get all of the nuances of this that, that are just come instinctively to people who are adults who have like uh, uh, synthesized like um, humanities education when those still existed. 
you know? Yeah, so, you're right also about the human like because I didn't understand what people meant by whiteness until yeah. I went to fucking college. Exactly. <laughs> and was tons of people it. who either aren't gonna get that uh that's that education or by the time they get to college are going to already be uh, uh existentially opposed to that framework. And then at that point, nothing's getting in. Right. Because you're playing yeah. defense against a cultural enemy. Right. I, I mean, I, I've, I've talked about this a couple times, but my father-in-law is like, he went from being like a conservative guy to voting for Obama two times to them voting. Yeah. For Trump yeah that was because Obama was the fucking hinge point, really. Obama was because Obama was the last gasp of a broadly liberal, culturally permissive populism that said, hey, there is, this, there is a, a, a collection of views that includes the liberation of uh, sexual and racial minorities and also hostility to concentrations of capital, uh, concerned about uh, uh, people as workers in addition to as consumers. That was a coherent thing. It was a remnant of the old uh, New Deal Democratic Party. It had been under attack and was under decay in decay uh, over the last 40 years. But there was still some spark to it. And Obama was able to embody it completely, embody it to all these separate, the broken up uh, uh, tranches of humanity that were all united in their sense of panic and horror at the uh, economic crisis. And they all voted for Obama with the hope, with the understanding that he would embody that con concept. But then he immediately took all meaningful economic remedy off the table and, and ensured that the only thing that the Democratic Party would be associated with would now be the specific question of sexual and racial minorities. And it yeah. really was, uh, it was, it was Ferguson that like set that in stone because you had this, this uh, period, the first Obama administration, you have the Tea Party rise and you have Occupy Wall Street. There's this protean resist uh, 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 cry uh, uh, to the heavens at what's happening, which was this like phase shift in, in, um, in America's social relations. Like a lot of uh, uh, right-wingers like to talk about the Great Reset. Hey, idiots, the Great Reset already happened. It was 2008. You missed it. <laughs> you were too busy putting fucking, if you were around, you were too busy dangling tea bags from your ears in support yes. of the Republican Party, you fucking dunces. The tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Obama was able to keep it together for his reelection because the Re Republican Party, in their genius, uh, nominated an embodiment of the Republican as a pure object of, uh, of economic, of, uh, economic uh, oppression and economic uh, uh, supremacy. Because uh, uh, Romney was not a culture warrior. He wasn't very comfortable with it. All he could do was sort of like fitfully antagonize Latinos. Uh, and that was just because he was running against a Texan, uh, Rick Perry, who actually had had to govern uh, a state with a lot of uh, Latinos in it and therefore had had to compromise. Uh, but he was never able to like turn it into a, uh, a spectacle, a vocabulary. It was just policy. And then he, he had the 47% speech. And Obama was able to, even though he'd done nothing for working people for the first four years, because he was against the guy whose only ideas that were an alternative to Obama were um, let, let uh, GM go bankrupt, uh, cancel Sesame Street. Those were his answers to the crisis that were different than Obama's. Obama was able to win comfortably, but by 2016, it was it was all over. Uh, uh, the Ferguson 
uh, riots in 2014 uh, create this uh, this culture fissure that the election, the 2018 election, uh, deals with. And of course, Bernie is there to try to be the the, the forlorn hope for this uh, socialist vision, but. Uh, faith in the government's ability or capacity to do any of the stuff he was talking about was obliterated by Obama's term. So he was never able to, to get the imaginations of those people. Trump, who, in addition to hitting all the buttons with a master's showmanship on culture war issues, also did vaguely gesture towards an economic alternative to the bipartisan consensus, talking about NAFTA, something that no Republican or Democrat could do. And so that happens. He gets in there. Now, he didn't do anything for working people either, but the Democrats weren't <laughs> talking about that. The Democrats weren't offering an alternative to that. They were only attacking him on the culture war stuff that had become, over those years, uh, a part and parcel of people's identity. So now it's too late, man. It's like, it, it, I'm not saying we're doomed as a, as a society or as people, but the, the idea that anything can come out of the electoral process with the Democratic Party is impossible. They've, they have been uh, 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 left a husk. And that's something that the new no labels people understand, but they're also incapable of doing anything about it either. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. That, that, I could see that, like a, a, a rebranded Democratic Party using celebrities, maybe like bursting out of the chest of the Democratic Party, like a fucking xenomorph. Uh, we'll see. I, I try not to give predictions. I just know that this is, this is a party that can no longer do the thing it used to do, which is have an appeal that was something other than culture war based. And now that it is, they are betting hard and betting big on wealthy white suburbanites, hoping that their, uh, their fetish for decorum and um, manners, which is really all that social liberalism boils down to being, if it doesn't have any kind of meaningful economic redistributive policy behind it, becomes the sine qua non of being a person with a nice house in the suburbs. It becomes another part of the cultural branding uh, and uh, status symbol seeking uh, of upwardly mobile people and of all races. But that's, that's a losing hand demographically in a country that is sliding down the goddamn toilet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is like everything good that happens is happening outside of of yeah. the democratic party i mean yeah. when when you talk about these these fucking starbucks uh unions and shit like that and when you see like that these companies are getting super nervous about that it's like man you see, know that is where and that is where there might be some break in this culture war uh front because it has to shatter if it doesn't there's no hope because as long as you have this huge group of people who are just instinctively invested in the uh, in the pageantry of this party that has a stranglehold on state governments, they're always going to have an outlet to vote for them and because they will be able to deliver on their promises. And even though their promises are just making your enemies pay, uh, hurt, they will at least do that, which the Democrats cannot do. Uh, yeah. And that, that that's why there can be anything. But with these... Starbucks, fast food, Amazon, uh, uh, union drives, you, you see people actually rediscovering, oh, these socially liberal values that the hysteric liberals are trying to smash into people's heads by fucking having She-Hulk read bad feminists to them. <laughs> uh, people can actually just 
in their lives. Oh my God, can you imagine? Instead of being just lectured to by sanctimonious uh, cultural uh, Brahmins, actually experience in their lives. Hey, uh, if we work together and ignore cultural differences, we can get better wages and more control over our workplaces. Holy shit. There is a practical yeah. utility to multiculturalism. It is not just a virtue to be signaled and hoarded. Yes, exactly. It is one of those things that's like you, 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 I mean, look, I, I give up once a month on, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just, you know, fuck this. Nothing good is ever going to happen. And then something good happens. And then also something like, I think like the, the way that Starbucks is pushing back against the union is also like weirdly it's bad for the people involved but people seeing that they can't do that much to kill the union like like that that they can cancel uh benefits for non-union people but that just ends up pissing the people off and making them you know want to go in on them still and yeah like i've always felt like since since you know for as long as I I've been, you know, pro, like on the left or whatever, I've always felt like if, if you can get people to see all it is, it's the Marxism. Yes, it's just exactly. like, if people see their fucking power, then they will, they will use their power and we don't need, like you said, She-Hawk yeah. <laughs> is it the, the, the thing that we win with is showing our power exactly which is diametrically in opposition to the vested interest of the democratic party the democratic party cannot allow independent working class power to emerge because they would look around to say okay we now have independent working class power what do we want to do with it well one of the things we need to do with it is defend our interests uh, in the legal system uh, in the in the political arena how are we going to do that well here's this yeah. party the democratic party we are either going to take it over, or if they are able to successfully keep us out of it, we are going to build an alternative that will destroy them because we have something to offer people. Now, of course, right. we, we aren't there yet, even remotely. What matters is, is that the Democratic Party knows that that's the only result of independent worker power, and so we'll do everything to stop it. It will allow Trump to get reelected. It will allow fascism to take over America, if that's what you're really afraid of. Which is why it's so frustrating to see people insist, poke you with a stick. You need to acknowledge the, 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 uh, the danger of the Republican Party. You need to acknowledge incipient fascism on the right. But to do that is only to bolster the Democratic Party. Because the Democratic Party is the opposite of the Republican Party. It's on the same political level. What do you want to do about the Republicans? You have to boost the Democrats. There's no other option on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is Democrats, by the way, Democrats right now are putting millions of dollars into campaigns of election denying Trump Nazis. And some of them are going to win those fucking races. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just to see these people take power. So don't talk about fascism then. Talk about how talk about what's in your life and talk about how you as a worker and as a, a person who knows workers can get together to fucking try to make people's lives better exactly yeah you're yeah I, I think that thing where the democratic party is paying or, or is like funding insane people's campaigns is one of the dumbest moves of all time because they did it like, with trump they've already done this and had it blow up in their faces 
And we all are like, and they just think like this person's going to say something that is going to make people be like, oh no, this guy is like a Hitler. And yep. it's like, nobody's going to, he's, nobody understands that shit. No. Like the guy just goes out there. He just and looks says, like a guy from TV. Why would I think he's Hitler? Hitler's on the history <laughs> channel. Yes. Is, it's not a thing that matters to me. I'm not, I do not have historic resonances that vibrate through my bloodstream when I hear certain words because I didn't go to the Pavlov dog factory. And I, I, didn't I, mean, I, find, I didn't get the fucking thing where every time that kibble would come out, they'd ring a goddamn bell saying fascism so that when I was an adult, they would be able to ring it and I would just start salivating. Yeah. And, you know, I would love it if, like, people in high school learn the humanities but that is becoming v v less and less likely every fucking every day pretty yeah, much so now that we, th yeah they don't want us to be educated correct and they have succeeded yes so deal with the people as they are yeah they're, and that's they're what's infuriating about people who want to argue these narrow points how can you say that trump isn't a fascist but x y and z talking about his him being a fascist is not politically useful Getting people to recognize it through by arguing with them is a waste of time if you take your claim that this is an existential threat to democracy seriously. Now, if you're lying and it's all just an academic jerk-off, then yes, go ahead and talk about how much he's a fascist all day. Go talk about how many fucking proud boys can dance on the head of a pin. Have fun. <laughs> but if you are serious about what you claim is the threat we're facing, then shut the fuck up about whether it's fascism or not. Right. One of the things I, I like have been seeing so much recently also is like I, somebody sent me this story out of Iowa that was like staff members walked out at the Bohemian restaurant in Cedar Rapids on Saturday, frustrated because they weren't paid. Some of those employees have since been paid. But according to them, the damage was done when the owner was unable to pay them on time, which yes. is like that to me is like the owner of this restaurant of this place like overestimated his power and that is going to keep happening yeah. over and fucking they're gonna overestimate their power and then learn that like oh shit you know if i don't pay people they're not gonna want to fucking come to work <laughs> yeah what yeah <laughs> He was like, uh, it says now they refuse to go back. And the owner says he's trying to find ways to pay the remaining employees like that. That's jail time to me. Like if you made people work and you didn't pay them, you stole from them. So there is that part where it's not considered stealing, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, Sierra Bonifazi Cosby was coming up on her one-year anniversary working at the Bohemian when she and the rest of her co-workers made the decision to leave. She was supposed to be paid on Friday, but the owner told the manager not to hand out checks until the following week because they would bounce. And uh, Jesus. it's an insane thing to do. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> don't hand out the checks because they'll bounce. Owner Mike Richards said he tried everything he could to get the money on time, even going as far as using cash from the register to pay some employees. <laughs> but revenue has not kept up for the business, which that's another thing. That's these, these small business owners feeling that they have a right to own yes. a business. They have a right to own a business. It's 100% accurate. They 100% believe 
that if you did the work, if you took the risk, uh, then you deserve to have that forever, deserve to have the government prop it up. And the thing is, is that that is not unique to the petty bourgeois. The, uh, the rentier financial class, the, the owners, the capitalists, the ones who uh, invest in, in our economy, uh, also have the same assumption. The difference between the two is that one of them actually has such capture of uh, the highest levels of government and policy that for them it is effectively an actual iron law. They will, it's like, uh, hypothetically, the justification that you hear for the profits taken by investors who don't do anything is that they take a risk with their money and that they should be recompensed for it. But the, at the highest levels of, uh, of finance, there is no risk. Every single uh, intervention and bailout that happened after 2008 was a direct bailout, not of countries or of uh, people who had uh, uh, agreed to mortgages that they could no longer pay for. It was for investors. They were, they were guaranteed to not lose money on the deal. Uh, I mean, it's, and, and, it's and, the same. So every capitalist comes, comes into capitalism with that assumption, which gives a lie to all their bullshit about risk because it's all self, it's a, it's a <laughs> fantasy they tell themselves. But the reason it's the, the petty bourgeois is so much more aggrieved and why they want to burn it all down in a way that the high financiers don't is because although they do believe that that is how the world should work, in practice, it doesn't. And yes, there's tons of subsidies for small business owners, but they all still, all the time, somehow manage to go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. And that is because, yeah. as anyone who has watched Bar Rescue can tell you, small business owners are mostly incompetent dipshits. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Bar Rescue And of course, is... once again, so are big financiers, but they don't have to be good at anything. They're at the top. Right. They're protected from all risk. You're down at the very bottom of capitalism. You're at the very yeah. top, bottom of the capital pyramid before you get down to the, oh my God, the people who have to sell their wage, their labor for wages. The <laughs> Morlocks. You're at the very bottom rung. You can feel your feet dangling over the fucking abyss. That's why they're all fascists. Bar Rescue is the best kind of example of how, I mean, anybody, because like the thing is, anybody who has ever worked at a small business fucking knows exactly what it's like and and nobody works at a small business for a long time you know i i i uh when i got out of college and when street fight wasn't uh making enough money for me to live uh i worked at a a cafe where yes. the owner hired i remember this i remember i remember when you worked there you were talking about what a douche this dude was he hired basically people who got out of jail or college mm -hmm. and like fucking screamed at them. The guy who like got the <laughs> kickback from Dennis Haysbert after he gets out of prison. Yeah. He, he was so mean to them in a way that like, I just, I couldn't even believe it was happening because I had, uh, uh, you know, I hadn't worked at a restaurant in a while or, or whatever. Uh, and this guy would just scream at these people that just got out of fucking jail and were living at a mission and he was paying them nothing. And like, you know, in the end I was able to quit because I didn't need the work. Uh, but the, the thing that happened after that was I got a job at a camera store from this guy who seemed like, I don't know. 
he he was a nerd type, right? Like where it felt like he wasn't gonna be an asshole. It felt like he he had that vibe of like, for lack of a better term, like a hipster sort of vibe. And I just thought like, well, this guy's not gonna be a fucking dick. And like he turned down every single one of my requests mm. for days off the whole time I worked there. Every fucking one, including the one where we were going to uh, Philadelphia to do our first show with you guys yes. uh, and everybody hits. He turned that down Douche. and then was like, yeah. And you were fucking, I was making $7 an hour. I, I think, I, no, I think I was making, first of all, I asked the guy for nine fifty an hour, which is a stupid low amount of money. And then he talked me down to nine twenty five. So, uh, <laughs> That was brutal. <laughs> and I just was like, sure, sir. <laughs> um, but like, he wouldn't even give me the time off to go to Philly to do this thing that was like pivotal and was going to be pivotal in, in my career, you know? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And it was just like, well, fuck, I guess I'll just drive for Lyft when I get back until I can hustle up the money from Street Fight to not do lift anymore so i'm i'm driving for lift and i'm it's weird because i'm thinking like i i like this i you know i i don't have to work by anybody's hours or anything like that and for a while i was like this might just be the perfect job for me and then i realized i was working like 14 hours a day and barely getting by yeah <laughs> so it just feels like like with these you with with the organizing and stuff that's going on around work it just feels like all you have to do is articulate a world where going to work isn't the fucking worst thing in the world that's all yes. you got to do <laughs> and there's so many concrete ways to do it there is uh scheduling uh stable scheduling i think is like a people would love that and paying people more in health insurance those are the things that people want and time off, paid time off. That's it. But I even would argue that, you know, people think you got to give 14 vacation days and seven like sick days and like three personal days. Look, I would have been happy with five fucking paid days off at any time. Like I would want more, but like, uh, people aren't even really asking for that much out of their jobs. And so that's why I think people seeing these businesses push back against these union drives uh, are like, damn, we're not even fucking really asking for anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like could be like a, a learning experience for so many fucking people. And it seems like most of the Starbucks union drives win and like, I think another very important uh, one was the uh, REI union drive. Did you see that happen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they did awesome. a like a, they did a land acknowledgement at the beginning of their union busting meeting. Yeah, that was amazing. That's like a cartoon. <laughs> it's like that. That is why. That is why fundamentally, there's something interesting to be said about like the the critique of uh, like social liberalism and, and it's like the pseudo leftism of, of a popular culture. Like, cause there's nothing you're going to say that is going to outdo reality. Look at these <laughs> fucking people. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, and and like REI, REI really fucked themselves by just not sort of uh, uh, by not accepting the union because I think most people thought it was a co-op because it's called REI co-op. Like, I think, like, if they would have just accepted the union, people would still think they were co-op and not, like, just another nasty retail business, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, Austin, so, in this story, he's like, uh, this is crazy. This is, this is, like, bar rescue shit here. Austin Gloede was one of the many who attended a meeting on Saturday night for employees to talk about their options. He said at first he gave his boss the benefit of the doubt. He would be like, yeah, we could just pay you by the day. But the first time I actually came in to do that, he says, oh, well, these bills are coming out automatically, so the money's not in the bank. <laughs> 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 so I guess uh, it's so that's so... I mean, I hate to see people not getting paid, but I mean, that guy radicalized more people. Like, that's the thing that's going to work is like the ineptitude of, of small business owners. And maybe it'll, maybe Starbucks will get a few people on their side, but the small business owner thing is like their ineptitude is going to show the people who work for small businesses what we learn from, um, our rescue that these guys are fucking stupid <laughs> yes <laughs> so i'm gonna play one bit of audio here of of our jp sears uh thing here uh he is i want you to i i need you i need you to hear this because uh i think it's going to be something that uh i think it's going to be something that interests you <laughs> because like uh, uh it is very weird I'm going to move ahead to, okay, 57, 57, sorry, <laughs> I'm moving ahead here. Uh, by the way, you might recognize them now uh, they, that I have them up in the shared screen. Uh, all right, here we go. This is two of the dumbest men in the world having a conversation, and the question that is asked here is fucking nuts. Change. You'd be walking around, I mean, probably living like you or I, Jim, but, you know, for other people, it's being on my show today. You mentioned bad guys a few minutes ago. I'm curious if, if you were able to round up five bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is already a good question, I think rounding people up in the world of your choosing and send them off in a boat and they safely arrive at a private island. They'll never see civilization again. No communication. In other words, they're not maimed or tortured or killed, but they, they live out the rest of the years in a friendly way. But the rest of society is never influenced by them again. Who would your top three, four or five be? Gates and Okay, I'm sorry. I cut it off right when he answered his first question immediately. So here's the change. You'd be walking around. I mean, probably living like you or I just again, no communication. In other words, they're not maimed or tortured or killed, but they, they live out the rest of the years in a friendly way. But rest of society is never influenced by them again. Who'd your top three, four or five be? Gates immediately. 
So they hate Bill Gates, which I think I hate Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. Got, Demon. I'm fine. Obviously. <laughs> Another problem that the right has a lot of bad guys they can point to, and anyone with eyes can agree, yeah, these people stink. And then you have liberals insisting, no, they're actually great. They're good for you. They're helping you. The Bill Gates thing is wild. I, I don't, I guess liberals just like him because he looks, what's the word? He, he looks like he's a, a freaking nerd. He doesn't come out of <laughs> politics. He's imagined to be the ultimate technocrat. Like the, like Elon Musk. It's funny. A lot of the people who hate Bill Gates love Elon Musk, but it's the same thing. It's just a cultural costume that appeals to a certain group of people born in a certain time and place. And for Gates, he represents the er nerd of the uh, computer age. The, the, the genius who doesn't care about uh, politics, doesn't have any agenda but uh, advancing technology and therefore advancing American uh, uh, culture along with it. A progressive force, because that is what, without a, a working class base, that's what the Democratic Party becomes. It becomes a, a, worship, a party that worships technocracy. But of course, now that has been largely discredited by the failure of that generation to fix anything. Now Elon Musk shows up, to embody this new kind of culture, cultural, uh, countercultural, more um, politicized identity of a futurist, and now he becomes the new savior. Right, they're all yeah. gremlin monsters drinking your blood <laughs> while you sleep. <laughs> it's true. So they, he's got a few more names here. I just, I, 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 I want the people to know uh, who the bad guys are from the perspective of two of the dumbest men in the entire world. Yeah. Um, the guy who talks like this, is that Carl Schwab? Schwab? Carl yeah. Schwab. So I don't know who that is. If I guess he's a banker or something. Carl Schwab. Um, so that's another one of the evil guys. Probably a banker is my guess. Um, Schumer, also a bad I guy. Can't, I can't. <laughs> Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is one of the evil guys. Which he's an evil guy. Yeah, but he's not one of the most evil guys in the world. <laughs> oh no! I mean, anybody. If you're getting mad at anybody who holds a fucking legislative seat, it's like you're mad at the actual chair. <laughs> you might as well burn the chair. Like yeah, if, if you got rid of that guy, there's another guy in his place, and that's true of all these guys. But I would say, if you really want to like get a satisfying beat on, you want to get somebody with real, real capital. Because if you don't got right. capital, you don't actually have power. And honestly, even if you have capital, you only have the illusion of power because the capital is actually in charge. Yes, uh, but my God, at least there's buttons in your office to push. Right. What does right. Chuck Schumer do all day? Push no. his papers around. <laughs> I don't know why it snows his base to make them think that he he's like actually taking down their customer service request. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chuck Schumer is such a weird, like if you could, if the conservatives could round up five guys, yeah. Chuck Schumer being one is fucking nuts. Like that just shows how, how off the ball their their eyes are so off the fucking ball. Yeah, because that it's like, all determined by what the Republican Party wants to create as a terrain of battle. Like that's the that's the the fatal flaw here is that you are if you're going to pick one of these sides, you are subsuming yourself to its greater designs. You cannot operate independently of it. 
There are people who think that there's some unit, some like MAGA left wing unity possibility. Like they talk <laughs> about this shit. And it's like MAGA represents a base of people who vote for the Republican Party. That means that they are an actually coordinated political actor. You are just some fans of someone's Twitch stream. Yes. The Republican yeah. Party is not going to ever answer to you. You are totally fungible. You can vote for the Democrats. It doesn't matter. You can vote for third party. It does not matter. They have their votes that they need to win. You are just a little cherry on top. It also feels like, like you know, some people might say that the people who think that's possible don't know any MAGA people is is one possibility. But I would also say that there's another possibility that like they do know MAGA people and uh, they love them and they're in their families and they feel like they get somewhere when they argue with them, you know, because I, I have the father-in-law who whenever I get to his house, he, he, he I'm like his bit final boss. You know, like if you, you think like, oh, you know, I sit and like he's he's 70 years old. He sits and watches fucking YouTube videos all day from right wing people. I, I haven't figured out which ones he watches because my wife refuses to ask him. But uh, when I get over there, it's like, well, this is the leftist. I get to yell at this, this leftist. Finally, you know, it's it's my time. And like when I get over there, like. I'll sometimes sort of argue with him, but most of the time, like I can get him to agree to everything that I believe in. But then when he's done, he's like, uh, but when it's done, it's just that leads him back to the MAGA stuff. It doesn't lead him anywhere, you know? Well, there's nowhere it, for it to lead because people want, um, they want to be able to have a, uh, a satisfying expression uh, of their political will when they when they involve themselves in in a, a project, and that means that you have to convince yourself over and over again that uh, that what the Republicans are going to do in office is going to be good enough that it's going to it's going to satisfy whatever is inside of you that makes that feels so, such misery. And of course, it will never do that. It can't do that. Uh, right. But. The alternative is finding another source of meaning, and that since no one believes that such a thing exists anywhere, uh, they jealously and largely subconsciously guard their existing uh, uh, feedback loops of, of, of uh, motivation and, and pleasure, their libidinal relationship to politics. So every road has to lead back to, uh, we've got to own the libs, got to vote for the Repo Democrats mm -hmm. or Republicans, or on the left, you can whine all you want about the Democrats, but what are you going to do? You're going to vote for them. You got to. It all leads yeah. back. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that is that is a huge thing there. And like yeah. he I, I mean, I, I have tried to talk this guy into, you know, when people were freaking out about critical race theory and I was just like, I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't really matter. You know, like you can teach your kid whatever you want to teach them. But first of all, they're not teaching critical race theory in elementary school or high school or any any school. They're not teaching it. And like, well, I mean, it's all, not a thing. Like, it, it, but yeah. the thing is, they are acknowledging a real thing. Like, yeah, CRT. Once again, this is a perfect example. CRT. There's a big panic about it. 
What do people argue about? Well, do they teach CRT in school? What is CRT? Well, it's mm -hmm. actually has a basis in uh, legal theory. None of that has anything to do with it. CRT means uh, uh, Black History Month on TV. So <laughs> it means uh, uh, diversity in shows and movies. It means culture made by liberals dominating people's uh, perceptive screen and ruining everything for them. Uh, and God, and that, that is it. You can, and and, that's and the, the thing about the Republicans, though, is that unlike the Democrats, they can first identify a cultural scapegoat and then do something about it. They passed a bunch of anti-CRT bills in state legislators across the country. A phantom thing that they've made up, but it's going to have real-world consequences, not <laughs> because it's addressing a real thing or that it isn't, that it's addressing a third thing, which is that the culture is alienated from one half of the political uh, 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 table, the, the, the big political uh, groupings, the, the demographic tranches. One of them is essentially shut out of cultural production. And that makes them feel anxious because it makes them feel like they're going to lose their kids. The kids are right. going to be like the kids on TV. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it is funny. And the, that, what like, can liberals do about that? Only thing they can do about it. Well, we need more of it on TV then. Add more balls. That's it. That's the only you answer. You just got me. I mean, you just explained something to me that I don't think I was able to explain before this. And, and that is, like, why are these 60-year-old men and women uh, pissed off about, like, Marvel movies and shit? Like, a Nickelodeon. And, like, it's the, it's all the, this stuff. It's the fight for the kids. It's yeah. battle for the future. And they don't have anything that they can compete with. Because yeah. what they're gonna Robert Davi directing my my son Hunter and the Republicans some of them are making bank trying to create an illusion of an alternative, and there are some that actually exist. But at the end of the day, you want the big budgets, you want the Hollywood glamour, you want yep. the validation of being inside the tent. So you will only ever be resentfully arraigned towards culture, and the only person and only thing you can do about it vote. Right, that's the only thing you can really mm -hmm. do about it. That's the only thing yep. we're ever able to really do about it. If we want to stay in the bounds of the law, and most good Americans do, all you can do is vote. One party right, is saying, this is actually good. The other party is saying, we're going to stop them from teaching it in schools. <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, something. We, it's, an we played, it's an offer. We've played so many PragerU kids videos on here where it's like uh, they still have like a really long way to go to get the kids because I just don't know if like kids want to watch a, a cartoon about Margaret Thatcher or anything like that. Like their attempt at it is so much more ham handed and stupid than like you said, the She-Hulk thing where it's like, Hey, this is like a real big piece of IP that uh, uh, people identify with. And like, I'm, I like, I don't care what the Marvel movies make and, and they probably lean more toward not towards my politics. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of them are like very pro CIA and shit like that, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, or, you know, Lockheed Martin shit, but like, um, they do. I, I mean, the representation stuff is good. Like I fully feel like, but like divorced from anything else, it's like, it feels like Disney, 
like with with the little mermaid like disney knew that people were going to start yelling about it and it feels like disney is doing a cynical thing to make it so like only one side can criticize it and that is the bad team that that criticizes it you know so it seems like they know that's like what's going to happen but it's still every time shocking to see a 60 year old man yelling about who played ariel in the little mermaid yeah but let me see if there's one more name here. I, I, I just can't. I assume um, Amy, Amy Schumer you're talking about. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't I'm know joking. her well. I'm going with her uncle. I know a lot yeah. of people don't know that's her uncle. No kidding. Um, I did not yes. know that. Yes, wow. I think it's her uncle. And you know what? <clears throat> uh, Amy is what it is, but she pisses me off and not pissing me off. I go, Oh, okay. You're, you're one of them. When you come out in the Oscars, you're like, okay, don't say gay. It's not what it says. Moron, moron. I love Wanda Sykes. I love her to death and know forever, but moron, don't yeah. say gay. It's not what the bill says. Read it before you discuss and before you hang out with your elites that go, listen, you need to go out there. You, you like, you like doing your movies, right? With all the other, uh, <laughs> with all the other, you know, same type of people, you know, we got to push this gender out there. I mean, come on, man. We're going to, we're going to start calling shots. I'll call some shots out. You ain't going to like what I got to say. Um, Cause I seen everything go down. I know whose career was going what way until they went, Hey, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two of the least, intelligent men having an argument i wanted to get a little bit of jp out there um and jim brewer and i'll play more as the weeks go on i have a, like a lot of clips of uh jp sears and and brewer uh what's so fascinating about watching the um uh, guys like brewer like kind of snap post covid and certainly post trump is and that, and that just doesn't go for celebrities. It goes for basically everybody who has snapped to one degree or another, down to QAnon, everyone. Is when you look at it, taking the celebrities first, who it is, like the former SNL cast members who inevitably go, uh, go right wing, it is people who uh, basically got chewed out and spit out, <laughs> chewed up and spit out by Hollywood. Or uh, if they had had something, they lost it and they're in a downward career trajectory. <laughs> That's almost universal. There are a few exceptions, but those people tend to be more uh, uh, erratic and emotionally uh, uh, unstable. It's, it's fucking everywhere precarity. And it's like, oh, these are Hollywood celebrities. It's like, it, it's not about morality. Feeling precarious is not a moral state. It doesn't make you a good person. It is an objective consideration of somebody's uh, uh, status. And their status is perceived as declining. And if you have a status that is perceived as declining, you want to change things. And you have two parties. One of them says, hey, this stuff doesn't work. And another one saying, no, actually, it all works. And if you don't think it does, then that you hate all of these good things that you all know are good, like multiculturalism and feminism and all that stuff. And then you have to pick. And then we decide that we're going to determine who's a good person based on who chooses uh, to uh, pick wrong but i'm sorry it is not a moral choice i i submit it has to yeah be, the, the calculus has to be changed by people providing a uh a political alternative 
to voting for one of the two political parties. Because right. This is a one-way ratchet otherwise. It, everything reinforces itself. The culture gets more stridently uh, 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 left-wing in its social orientation. That creates this real grounded material political backlash at state and federal governments, which then does, and it just pushes everything worse because there's no way to address any of the actual things making everyone feel this way. The engine of all this social anxiety that has to be channeled somewhere. Damn. Because there's I, nothing know. that poses an alternative to the machine cracking and exploding, which is ever, what everyone is feeling. The oncoming treasure, what we're tremors of, what we're all feeling is we are all feeling the vibrations in the fucking train track that we're strung, that we're fucking uh, tied to. That is what we all feel. And we're trying to find in our politics something that reflects the urgency of that. And that only exists on the right in the two parties. Right. And it, it is that culture independent of the Democrats, uncontrolled by the Democrats. And that is the whole like socialist movement and uh, wokeism. It's everything. It's the entire supernova of, of like supercharged political subjectivity from the left. It's all based on the same sense of shared anxiety and downward trajectory. Right. But and if the I, only answer is political, is voting, then it's Democrats and Republicans. Two sides of the same coin, two uh, arms in the same piston, pu pumping fucking blood through the same circulatory system. Right. And and it is interesting. Like I, I hadn't ever given any thought to that about like the right wing people are generally also very precarious in, it, it, in show business. doesn't make them even. a good person and it doesn't mean no. they don't have money and that they're not more privileged than millions of people. Nobody perceives anybody's life but their own. Right. And they, and, and like a guy like Jim Brewer who, who did, like you said, he was chewed up and spit out through Hollywood. You know, probably not a super talented guy. Uh, and like, what do all the people who fucking kicked him out of Hollywood because he wasn't funny? I mean, it's like, it's not fully a meritocracy, but it is a little bit. And yeah. Jim Brewer is exactly the kind of guy who you get five minutes of fame on SNL. We'd all laugh at the pretty good Joe Pesci impression. And then off you go. That's the way it should be. Go uh, manage a tire plus, you know? <laughs> yeah. I is, mean, that <laughs> those kind of guys, maybe in previous generations, like you get your five minutes of fame on like the Colgate comedy hour, and then you use it to buy like, uh, one parking lot in like downtown Los Angeles, and then within ten years you're a multimillionaire, and you become like right. one of the, the the real estate titans of the Southland, and they have a subdivision named after you. A guy like Jim Brewer, he gets his five minutes, and then he's got a tour for the rest of his life if he wants to keep fucking food on the table. <laughs> and it's miserable, and and it's like the guy like he's he he I I think a lot of this stuff is also a gimmick at times too because oh yeah, I, it's all gimmick because it's an audience. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a felt feeling that is then reinforced because now oh my god this actually makes me money this is yes. actually an alternative to that bullshit career that wasn't going anywhere hey yes. i can go in front of a bunch of senior citizens who are all going to die laughing as i flap my hands like a cockatoo to imitate people <laughs> who believed in the vi in the vaccine or whatever the fuck yes 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 that is a so perfect it becomes a reinforcing cycle like oh you can't break in there and everyone is trapped in some sort of dependent relationship where they exactly. have had some sort of uh, libidinal arrangement with their political party of choice. 
is going to lock them in that position unless they're broken out of it by their actual more urgent needs that can only be met through social solidarity, which you're not going to get a lot of in the firmament of Hollywood celebrities because guys like Jim Brewer, yes, it sucks to tour in the years 50s and 60s, but they would rather do that than an honest day's labor. Yeah, and it's funny because... And who wouldn't? Uh, who would give yes. up not being alienated? Nobody. I would not. That's why I'm locked in my own relationship, my own libidinal <laughs> relationship with politics. Because it pays me to. Why would I not? <laughs> and and yeah, Jim Brewer, I mean, being like waiting for half baked two. Yeah. Sort of never comes. Probably like, does think of, kind think of, of fuck with your head. Like, so you're a guy like Jim Brewer. You're probably like apolitical. You you have like you probably are like you roll your eyes at cancel culture because like you don't know what all this stuff means because you're they're ringing the bell, but you're not hearing it. Wrong frequency, right? <laughs> Yeah. So he's just like, what's up with these people? And then, you know, you're a struggling comic. Then COVID happens, which has to destroy your income. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you're not touring anymore. And then you got this, these people coming along saying, everything's fine, and here's what you got to do. And it's like, well, why should I listen to you? And then maybe you say something like that, and as soon as you, somebody hears you say it, did you hear what Jim Brewer said, that motherfucker? Did you hear about <laughs> that dumb, washed-up cocksucker? Did you hear what he said about masks? Did you hear what that motherfucking piece of shit, Jim Brewer, that no talent, loser, fucking goat boy, worst thing on SNL history, he should kill himself. <laughs> and then he's a bunch of other guys going like, hell yeah, Jim Brewer, epic. I loved goat boy. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, hey, assholes, I'm going to the Jim Brewer show triggered. <laughs> this, yeah. At this point, the decisions are made for him. He is not making decisions anymore. Meaning he was about politics. And so what are you going to blame him for? He was the smartest guy. I like, he's an idiot, but I he's think more like, yeah. Coming he, out like, as he could as, sniff a truffle out for Christ's sake, give him the credit instead of just yeah. bobbing along like a dead fish. Like say you go along with all that stuff and you're Jim Brewer. What does that get you? One of yeah, a million washed up lib comics. Yeah. Saying, uh, actually, I think it's good that, uh, there's cancel culture because uh, it means people are being held accountable. That's very nice, Jim. Now back into your hole. We're still yeah. not going to come out and see you. You're fucking cheesy. Yes. Yes. You're, you're exactly right too. He, he was one of the first guys to say, I'm going out there and performing during this thing, which really helped him. And then the yeah. next domino to fall was when he said, I, cause this is just something you can say without, meaning anything i will not play at a venue that checks vaccination cards yeah i remember that was this big he, he, he took a stand and that at a is, time when many were not at the time when everyone else was kind of telling you where they stood by how much they were aligning with like the man and i think here's this what's frustrating about how this stuff works is like multiculturalism is fucking good in addition to it being a tool of government like wearing a mask is probably good and Getting a vaccine as quickly as possible through the, the, the same regime that every other fucking... I know they've made exceptions, but for the love of God, you don't know any more than I do. Nobody knows anything. There is a degree of faith in, in, uh, in those sort of institutions that you have to make in order to uh, consent to reality. And it's like, why are you making an exception to this? Because it's politically emotional to do so. It gives you some satisfaction 
to do so. It gives you a, a, a terrain of resistance to what is otherwise being imposed on you, which is, yeah, uh, everything's fucked now and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that I think is a good place for us to end. Matt, I love talking to you, man. Ah, uh, man, been, this is great. It's been too long. We got to do it more. We'll do it again very shortly. Right. Sure. Yes. Um, but uh, so what's going to happen now is I'm going to end this and then it's oh, going to hang I got to plug you. things. Oh, plug. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I got, we got to people. We're plugging. We're trying to, these are the oh, biggest venues. Right. We're trying to shit. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Go no, for I it. forgot until now. I always do. All right. I'm also doing Doughboys after this and I have to remember to do it then. So if I do it now, <laughs> I will remember to do it then because I would not want to forget then. So bad at that. I'm so, I, you know, Jesse Farrar, uh, yells at me all the time you don't do the promo bad about like retweeting stuff and like posting do like i had this guest and stuff like that you gotta, and I'm do just SEO. Like, you gotta do the promo bro but matt we came up in a time specifically you know this where plugging is it's the least ghost. cool it's thing and that is a generational divide us old heads us old <laughs> us, us oregon trailers we have, we still have that residue of Gen X on us, that stink of Gen X. Where it's like, ew. Self-promotion, yeah. no thank you. It makes you feel like a geek. Like there was yeah. that time, there was that short amount but of now it's gone. Like the younger people, like that, that by the by the middle of millennial, they had no shame. Yeah, they would they'll they'll fucking send you a text and be like, Can you retweet this? Yeah. You know, they don't mind it, which I yeah, wish I, I had was just like, how, how are you doing this as a man? How are you doing this? How are you behaving this way on the internet? <laughs> Show some fucking self-respect. Yeah, but it's the smartest thing to do. So go yeah, for absolutely. it, Matt. All right, can I go? Yeah, go for it. All right, so this October, Chapo is doing a uh, off-the-books tour of venues uh, across the country. There's going to be no live versions of these ever uh, released. It's going to be, if you weren't there, you didn't hear it. So there's going to be forbidden riffs. There's special guests. It's going to be a hoot. October 1st, we're going to be in Chicago at the Vic Theater. On October 8th, in L.A. at the Ace Hotel Theater. October 14th, New York's Town Hall Theater. And our spooky Halloween show on October 30th, Fort Lauderdale, baby. Florida. <laughs> revolutions. So come and check those out. At chapotraphouse.com slash live. Let's do it. God damn it, Matt. I I uh, was just in Chicago. Yeah, I know. I saw you were flicking the bean. Yes. Yeah. Well, my daughter was. I know. She, yes, uh, I know. she was like, I want to go flick the bean because 17-year-olds are perverts. Uh, but yeah, I was just there for a wrestling show. So uh, I would I, I I should just drive back out there again. But Do uh, it, baby. <laughs> I'll try. In, I'll, in, I'll in think a, in about a civilized it. civilized country, there'd be a bullet train connecting your two cities. They'll get you there in like a half an hour. They they always say they're gonna do it. That's what drives me fucking up the wall. They're like every few years, they're like, hey, you know, we're thinking about a that bullet is such train. a gimme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, C Columbus, and also if you could do Cleveland and Cincinnati. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd go up and down from those. Like you'd go up to like you'd go up to Cleveland and then probably like across like Buffalo yeah. or something, and then. It'll go from south of Cincinnati to like Louisville. 
yeah, being able to get to Chicago and New York quickly would be really good for me. <laughs> Because would, I, I need no, to no be there more. country would allow a city like Columbus to grow the way it has over the last 30, 40 years and not build robust rail infrastructure along with it. It's insane what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Six fucking hours. Well, Matt, thank you for coming on. Uh, what's going to happen is when I hang up, it's just going to hang up on you. I swear I'm not being rude. Yeah, sure. Got it. But I love talking to you, man. Absolutely. We'll I will talk soon. to you later. It's been too Absolutely. long. Absolutely. Yes, it has. All right, buddy. Bye, man.